Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that one of your names means you are our healer. And we, I ask you, Lord, to open all of our eyes today to those areas that we might may still need healing so that we can come to wholeness in you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. You know, there is hope for those who have experienced trauma. And this was a bit of a new subject to me, and for the past few Sunday nights, we've been going through... Um, a series by Sandra Selma Kirsten on healing trauma and the group of us that have been meeting have learnt a whole lot of brand new things and so I felt to share some of it today. Jan and I regularly pray for people who come round to our home um, wanting ministry for, for healing or deliverance and as Christians we are commanded by Jesus to heal the sick cast out demons, and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Do you know that command is for all of us? Not just a few, for all of us. And so that's why we're running the series on a Sunday night to encourage people to learn how to pray for others. So my encouragement to you is, one, get yourselves healed, get ourselves healed, don't put up with sickness and stuff that holds us back. And then learn to pray for others. You know, the Holy Spirit has graciously gifted my beloved wife Jan with a comp compassionate heart for the lost and the broken. And many are drawn to her for counselling and prayer. She attracts waifs and strays from all over the country. The Lord has graciously gifted me with, a, with um, a word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit will often tell me the entry point uh, for sickness or a condition or a problem. And he's graciously gifted me with the, the gift of discerning of spirits. What is, the, what is the demonic strongman over someone's life that is harassing them? So people come for prayer. And uh, they can be set free to come to repentance for sin, like unforgiveness or dishonouring their parents, and receive the healing, love and power of the risen Jesus Christ. Recently somebody from out, out of town was passing by and turned around and came back and came in to visit us. And I noticed that the person was very, very pale, almost a deathly um, look over, over the person's face and as the person sat down to talk the Lord just said to me a spirit of death is trying to take out this person clear as a bell I heard that so of course my next question to the Lord is why? what's the entry point? and the Lord said to me fear of death the person has a fear of death and because of that, that entity up there has got a legal right to take the person out, one way or the other, except for the, the covering of the, of the blood of Jesus. I shared that with this person, that 
that was a, a problem that needed to be dealt with, having the fear of death. And he said, yes, that's true. I do fear death. He said, I've feared it since I was a child when my mother tried to drown me and I got taken away and put in a home so that it wouldn't happen again. Had a fear of death. And this person is a, bo- a born-again believer, baptised, but suffering. What kind of trauma would have that, that have been? He said, not only that, he said, but there's death all, all the way down our family line from our grandparents because they were in the war and uh, the Russians came in to the particular Baltic state or wherever they lived and took away some of the family and they never saw them again. And they never knew when they were going to be next. So there was a real fear of death. So obviously we led this person through our renouncing of that. We prayed over them and also asked the Lord to go in and heal that trauma that happened back as a child. Fear, of course, is not just a bad attitude or, or, or something that we suffer from. Fear is also sin. Did you know that? Because the Word of God says dozens and dozens and dozens of times in the Old Testament and the New, do not fear. It's a command. Do not fear. So if you're anxious and always worrying and stressing and what have you, Jan hates me saying this to people when I say to them, well, when are you going to stop sinning? And they don't understand until I explain to them that if you don't trust the Lord, if you don't put your faith in the Lord, and you're full of fear and anxiety, that's sin. And you need to repent of it. It doesn't matter where the fear came in. We've got to put our trust in Jesus. Look at Matthew 10, 26. Therefore, do not fear them. Now that's those that are persecuting us. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him, that's respect him, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew 10, 31. Do not fear. There's the command. That's a command from Jesus. As Dear said, if we are obedient to God and his word, then we will be blessed. And one of the commandments is, do not fear. Therefore, you are, are, are of more value than many sparrows. Luke twelve thirty two. Do not fear. That's a command. Little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In 1 John 4.18 it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So if you're fearful or anxious or always worrying, you haven't been made perfect yet in love. You haven't yet experienced that love of God. Jesus fully. First Peter fifteen, six to seven. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. 
No, God wants us to trust and have faith in his goodness, not to be fearful or anxious or worry about anything. As I say to all worry warts that I come across, when are you going to stop sinning and repent? By the way, the root of fear is often past unforgiveness, which leads to torment. So if you look up Matthew chapter 18, when you get home, read it through. When you come to verse 34, where the man is sent to the torturers or tormentors for not forgiving a debt. So forgiveness, as you can see in 1 John 4, 1, 8, brings torment. And the Bible says that fear is torment. That's where it comes from. It seems obvious with that person that I was praying for that the spirit of death needed to be bound and the curse of death broken off that family line. But there also needed to be repentance for not trusting and having faith in God because the person had received a bad prognosis from the doctors. He had an illness or a sickness that uh, could be terminal and he'd received that and he'd believed that. Whereas one can make a choice to say, no, I don't receive that from the medical fraternity, particularly if you're young, because Jesus says, I, am, I will give you life and life abundantly. And you can choose to believe that and, and believe for healing. And there's also a need to forgive the Russians on behalf of the grandparents and, of course, the, the mother who had attempted to drown them. But that was not enough in this situation. I believe that the Holy Spirit needed to come and revoke that trauma in the memory cells and heal the heart wound and the rejection. And of course we prayed in that area. But I also recommended that he take time out to make contact with Sandra Kalma Kirsten who was speaking in his town the following Sunday. See, trauma isn't just having a car accident. That'd be traumatic, wouldn't it? Or a tsunami washing over your city. That would be traumatic. Those are the traumas that we think, but you know that traumas can be as simple as a school teacher who lambasts you in front of the children at school and you never get over it. You think you have, you've forgotten about it. But at that time, you went into fear. You went into shame. That's trauma. Jan and I were very privileged to go to a seminar in Auckland earlier this year where we sat under the ministry of Sandra Selma Kirsten. It was very in-depth teaching on healing trauma, and we have since been running that series of 10 DVDs in our home. For the few people who wanted to go deeper into their understanding of God heals, you can see the photo of those two in their notes, she and her husband. Sandra served as a prayer minister, teacher for Elijah House Ministries in the USA for nine years before marrying her husband Peter, who's a New Zealander, and moved to New Zealand. Thank God that that happened. She's now travelling extensively, teaching and counselling and mentoring 
And you may have read or heard of the teaching of John and Paula Sanford of Elijah House Ministries who taught the body of Christ, the valuable emphasis on inner healing many years ago. That's where she came from. Now because I found Sandra's teaching so anointed and so deep, further than anything I understood even about deliverance, past deliverance, into what is the root cause of the hurt and pain in people's lives, I asked her if I could lift a couple of points from her um, manual, which is pretty big as you can see. That, uh, that really meant something to me. And she emailed back and she said she'd be delighted for me to do that. So Healing Trauma is the series that we're doing. We won't be doing it tonight because Jan will be driving back from Rotorua and that takes six hours so they mightn't get here till the evening. So tonight we won't be doing it. But I recommend that every church or group listening to this message purchase Sandra's teaching DVDs and workbox and get them circulating through home groups or have weekly view and prayer sessions using her material. You can contact Sandra Selma Kirsten. She's got a healing trauma series, healing shame and restoring glory, restoring honour and identity and relationships. And the contact email is eh.pms. A-N-D-R-A-S at gmail.com When we were at the seminar, the first thing that Sandra drew our attention to is the difference between good fruit and bad fruit in, every, in each, each of our lives. Now we know that the bad fruit in, a, in the life of someone who doesn't know Christ is as follows. Galatians 5, 19 to 21 says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, that's enchantment with drugs, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So someone who's not a Christian and, 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 and that the fruit of their life is all those sinful things, because that's the fruit of sin. Sin is rebellion against God. Well, they're not going to go and be with Jesus when he comes. But when you get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, a change begins to happen. In Galatians 5, 22 to 24, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. We can be saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptised in water, but still have bad fruit in our lives. Not necessarily sin, but the effects of something that has happened to us in the past can still affect us. And so what is the bad fruit in our lives that we can easily identify? Sandra points out, and think about this as I'm saying it and you're reading it in the notes. 
Is any of this bad fruit evident in your own life? Fear, anxiety, panic, anger, rage, illness, sickness, disease, withdrawal, relationship problems, addictions, weariness, flashbacks, nightmares, shame, feeling far from God, Sandra points out that these things can be our sinful responses to unhealed trauma and unresolved issues in our life. And her definition of trauma is this. Something that happens to us that is beyond our control, that causes us to feel intense fear or horror or a sense of helplessness or something that wounds us so deeply it seems as though we have lost the ability to feel. Trauma that is not resolved settles within us one way or the other. One very interesting point that Sandra pointed out in the seminar was that the fact that recent medical research, beginning to catch up to what the Holy Spirit has been showing people for years, the fact that there is a cluster of cells in the brain called the amygdala. Cluster of cells in the brain called the amygdala. And this group of cells monitors what goes on around you processes emotional memory and evaluates emotional stimuli. They're one of the earliest parts of the brain to be functional. They lock in any experience an infant has and the negative effects on an infant's early development can be lifelong and difficult to resolve. That's what the medical profession says. Example is my beloved wife Jan went forward for prayer ministry with Sandra to discuss the bad fruit of, of, of that she was experiencing. Because as she was listening, she said, Lord, what is, the, what is the, the bad fruit in my life? And she had three visions in a row. If she just gets one vision, she says, oh, well, that's random. But if she gets three in a row, Jan says, the Lord's trying to tell me something. And in this little vision, while Sandra was speaking, she heard herself throwing a tantrum with her mum, who's here today, God bless her, saying, I didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask to be born. And the Lord showed her that. So she went forward to Sandra and uh, at the end of the meeting to, to pray. And Sandra said, ask the Holy Spirit, why didn't you want to be born? And the Lord just showed Jan straight away that she didn't want to come out of the womb. She didn't want to come out because there had been conflict that she had heard as a child. And, but the Holy Spirit said there was generational conflict coming down the family line. And this child did not want to be born. Now Jan never knew that. She didn't know why she used to shout, I didn't ask to be born. But in fact she didn't want to be born. And so, of course, she asked the Lord's forgiveness for not wanting to be born because he had created her. And she prayed a prayer of forgiveness for generational anxiety and, uh, and she was beautifully healed from that. She just felt the love of God just pour down on her. So that's something that can ac actually happen in the womb because you know that the amygdala is formed when you're uh, in the womb. 
the frontal cortex, that's the brain that reasons things, that doesn't really come into function until you're two. But as a baby, you're already experiencing all sorts of things. You know, in Sandra's workshop, there's a section on the many faces of trauma. And she lists them. Different types of trauma. Accidents, torture, ritual abuse, receiving a diagnosis of serious or terminal illness, news that is so overwhelming or shocking we cannot cope, living in an unsafe or unpredictable environment. What must it be like for those children in Syria when ISIS moves into town and kills all their parents? What trauma are they going through? Father, we just ask, Lord, that we can't be there, but we ask, Lord, that you would sovereignly bring world vision, bring all the agencies in to help all those children, and that someone who knows God will be there to touch their memories and heal them of that kind of trauma. Exposure to violent or distressful images, Natural disasters, demonic activity, especially when experienced in childhood, circumstances of conception. Some children, I'm going from experience here, cannot understand why they want to die when they're a teenager. They can become very suicidal, but they don't know why. They've got a beautiful, loving family, everything's going well, but they've got this thing about they just don't want to live. And in ministry, by word of knowledge, the case that I'm thinking of, the Lord said to me, abortion. So I asked the person, I said, to be very gentle, have you had an abortion at all? No. The Lord just said the mother wanted to abort her. So how was I going to bring that out? So I just asked her to say a prayer renouncing abortion in the family line. And the person did, and she was immediately healed of an aching back, neck and shoulders. That was there for when she was in the womb. Threatened miscarriage or abortion attempt, loss of sibling in the womb, that's a twin. Sudden physical injury or assault, surgeries, amputations, transplants, any kind of molestation or rape, heart attack, betrayal, unfaithfulness. While Sandra was teaching this, I immediately put my hand on my chest because I had a triple bypass in 2013. And I said to my chest, to my heart, I said, you, you be healed. Trauma, muscles experiencing trauma, veins experiencing trauma, be healed in Jesus' name. I tell you, heart, to beat again. Be good. Be healed. Be totally healed. And I think, I believe something happened. Because I believe in the power of Jesus to heal us. Heart attack, betrayal, unfaithfulness. This happened to Sandra. Sandra was, was ministering with her husband, her first husband, in the States, up and down the country, and then suddenly discovered her husband was having an affair. And it just about destroyed her. Almost destroyed the ministry. So she, she learned about trauma the hard way. 
she had to come to forgiveness and healing and all that over the years. So betrayal by a loved one can create trauma in the memory that you just don't want to talk about. Sudden unexpected loss of a loved one or a series of losses. Intense or prolonged or unresolved grief, rejection, abandonment, verbal abuse, overwhelming guilt, being shamed or humiliated, war experiences, genocide. My father was in the Second World War. He was a navigator in Stirling bombers. His crew crashed 10 Stirling bombers. They cost the UK government something like $250,000 per plane. But they survived. How did they crash? They'd all been shot up by flak from the Germans. And the undercarriage was wiped out. So when they came back and they tried to land, they had no wheels. At one time, they hit the, hit the, hit the um, tarmac and they slid right past the tarmac right through a hangar, they lost both wings as they went through the hangar and they stopped about five feet short of the bomb dump where the bombs were kept and they survived. He was the only Christian on, on that plane but all of his crew grabbed his promises box that he had and plastered the promises over every plane that they, they then went out on. My father says that they had the most the best armour of any plane in the war. But what kind of trauma did my father experience as though I came down on the beach one day and wrote the plane off? I know that he experienced trauma because one day when I was with a prophetic person over at Arama uh, praying, the person knew my father. He said, I remember him preaching and what have you, but I feel a real burden to pray for him now. Let's pray, she said. Let's untangle the, the, the rings of fear that are around your dad. And we did that. And my dad in his later, latter years was, was free from those traumas. He didn't know about that. He didn't know about that prayer. But those are the things. That, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Those of you who do prayer counselling know that many people's lives have been shattered in the past by one thing or the other. But, and it's a big but, we don't have to be crippled by the past. Trauma or hurts or wounds. The Bible is very clear. Look at Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. God, God didn't bring about those crashes on those planes. He didn't bring about that person who molested you when you were a child. But sin in those persons' lives or sin in the world, sin in the war caused those things to happen. wasn't God's plan for you. And in many cases, he, without a doubt, he was there covering you and wanting to draw you to himself and to healing. John 16, 33b in the NIV, Jesus says, says this, In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, what happened when Jesus went to the cross? 
We know we receive forgiveness for our sins, which is the greatest gift of all. And because of the resurrection, we have that wonderful promise of eternal life with him. But look at what else happened at the cross. In Isaiah 53, 4-6, it prophesied what was going to happen at the cross. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. In your notes there, you've got a picture of Jesus on the cross. I want you to just look at it for a while and realise what that scripture just said. As we gaze at this picture of Jesus, I want to challenge you now to just bow your heads and ask the Lord to reveal to you if there's any bad fruit in your life that needs healing. Just bow your heads and ask the Lord. Is there any bad fruit in my life that's an indicator that I need healing from some hurt or wound or trauma? Ask the Lord. The first thing that comes in your mind is his voice. The second thing is your own mind trying to argue against it. Ask the Lord. Is there bad fruit in my life that needs healing? Lord, what bad fruit is still in my life? Anxiety, fear, worry? Still feeling rejected? Feeling put down? give you an example of something that happened at the seminar that really surprised me. When Sandra asked that question, one young man at the back put up his hand and said, I'm always late. Is that bad fruit? I thought to myself, well get out of bed earlier, you clown, and get to work on time. That's how I was thinking. Not very righteous, was it? But Sandra called him forward and said, ask the Lord why are you always late? And the Lord said to him, because I'm not important. It doesn't matter what people think of me. Sandra then said, ask the Holy Spirit, why don't you think you're important? And, the Holy, and he burst into tears. He said, oh, my father said I was worthless. And so she called a fatherly figure forward to pray over him and bless him. He had trauma in his memory cells from when his father put him down. What was the fruit when he was in his 30s or 40s? He was always late. Why was he always late? He didn't feel worthy. So trauma can affect every one of us. 